Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast, Chelsea's official podcast on the SB Nation blog. Um, I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and I'm welcomed as always by my fellow co-host, Ram. Hello, Ram. It's been a while. <laughs> hello, hello. It's been a while. Um, let's, uh, let's not make promises, but I think between, between the two of us, hopefully we will have time now because I think your your commitments are, I mean, your time of quick commitments every day is done, and I think so is mine. So hopefully we can put regular ones out now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm done, absolutely done. Got no well work, but otherwise that's it. So those commitments are done. Uh, things have gone well for you as well. So I think that's uh, that's a great time to really get going and get cracking again and maybe if possible also start gathering people in from the community again to have as guests because it was always a bit difficult when things had to be a uh, short term and oh okay there's a time slot that's become free can we record here it's been difficult these past months but now that is over and with regularity hopefully we can regularly welcome guests back onto the podcast from the community we we very much enjoyed that didn't we when we did it regularly yeah we definitely did so um yeah hopefully we can get back to it uh, i am i mean i did i have spoken to a couple of people so hopefully hopefully next week or whenever we record we'll do that yes sir yep that it we shall but a lot's been happening since our last podcast um ep- I mean, <laughs> Chelsea's been uh, going on with a drawless, or drawless, sorry, defeatless streak. Thomas Tuchel's been dazzling uh, Stamford Bridge. It's been great times as a Chelsea supporter, but it has been a while now since our last game against Sheffield. That's why we will be focusing on the present. So our agenda for today will be initially talking about the international break. We will then continue with something that I think most of us, if not all, have been waiting for for a long time. That will be Ram's loan report. And after that, we'll be getting into everything Chelsea. I will be putting up um, timestamps, don't worry. Uh, And then we will talk about the Champions League draw and then previewing West Brom. So getting straight into it, Ram. International break. We all hate it for obvious reasons uh, it's great to see one's nation winning you know one's home country i did see that india didn't do too well against bangladesh i think or was it another nation no against arabia yeah. uh so yeah that happened but otherwise <laughs> otherwise otherwise um i think you know it's always nice to see your your country win but then again i don't really care as much i must say it's all about chelsea for me but it happens we can't really fight it. Yeah. We have to deal with injuries. We'll come to that in a bit. But let's talk a bit about England and Germany, maybe, because they have been the most prevalent games, which has, saw, has seen um, Chelsea participation, good participation at that. Uh, Ram, what did you make of the recent displays of, well, let's go with the obvious choice, Mason Mount? Uh, yeah, no, I think he's he's just uh, so I think something that Gareth Southgate said recently 
I mean, after the game, basically. Um, is he went back to the time when he was playing Mason Mount over like Krelish and stuff, and people were giving him a lot of stick for it. And then he said yeah. Mason Mount is basically playing the same game now that he was then. But now because Tuchel is picking him, people are going to give him credit. So I think basically that's what's happening. He's putting in, um, maybe he's improved a little, but then I, I don't think his baseline performance has uh, been that much higher than earlier in the season. So I think uh, I think he's just getting a lot more recognition now because it's not tied to Lampard anymore. So not the overarching air of favoritism isn't uh, isn't you know looming over him. So I mean, obviously, I think I think he's been excellent uh, against. Um, in, I mean, in the last England game, especially, I thought he was finding some lovely passes through the lines as well. Mm. Which um, I think, I mean, it's safe to say that part of his game has come the longest distance. Uh, but then again, as we've discussed before, I feel as if it's something he already always had in him. Uh, so I think I, the only the only concern I really have is that Gareth Southgate has come out and said that Mason is undroppable. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah. So it's now up to Tuchel to play his rotation game, and uh, which he seems to be pretty good at, to be fair. And I don't, I don't think Mason Mount is really going to be out of the Chelsea side. So it's just, uh, it's just a matter of minutes being managed now. So, but yeah, I've all obviously been in love with his recent performances. He's just going from strength to strength and really loving the fact that he was um, captain uh, in the cup game against Sheffield United as well. Yeah, you you have to ask yourself, how long will it take till he can maybe captain England? Not, you know, not in the big games because we know that Harry Kane will be wearing the armband then. But, you know, if it's against, I don't know, one of those San Marino sides or that kind of stuff, who knows, maybe if he is undroppable, then maybe we'll see him wearing the armband. I mean, we've got time. Mace Mount's got time. He's that young. It's quite remarkable. And that is great to see his well-taken goal. Absolutely loved it. I, 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 it's always quite intriguing because at a club level, we're discussing with some fans who you know, quotation mark fans who really despise him and would rather see us lose than have him score a goal, which is baffling. That And that's an understatement. But, you know, the, we have club internally, these, these, these discussions and debates, who should start over who, while on a, <laughs> you know, on the level of your country, we've got much further debates, like, you know, Mace Mount, People saying, well, Drac Grealish is there. We've got Phil Foden and, 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 and loads of, oh, I mean, how could I forget James Madison? Uh, sorry about that, Ram. <laughs> Nearly forgot. <laughs> no, no. no uh, okay. yeah. England's got too many good players, to be fair. It's, it's quite remarkable, yeah. And it, we're, we're very much spot for talent, which is nice. And it's great to see also several Chelsea players in contention, of course, uh, Mason Mount being the most um, prevalent one at the moment. But there is also Reese James, which that is, has been a very interesting de- uh, development, I would say. Gareth Southgate, you know, one can debate 
once again whether he's the right man for the job. But he did say he actually sees Reese James ahead of Alexander Trent Arnold. And while I do not like Liverpool one bit, it is a bit surprising. I, not that I doubt Reese James's uh, ability, but you know Trent Trent is uh, well, basically he's a, he, he's a Champions League winner, and he has been a regular in our side for a long time. So a bit surprised, but good, you know, good for, for Chelsea, good for Reese James. I'm very happy for him. Uh, yeah. Just have to wait and see how long that will last, but he hasn't been playing every game for us, but maybe that's more incentive for Thomas Tuchel to see, you know, if Gareth Southgate trusts him, then maybe I should trust him more often as well, especially now that, Apparently, Hudson Dye might be injured, which is I, I can't even describe that in words. So yeah, <laughs> um, Hudson Dye is, um, for what it's worth, he's only injured until Wednesday, because um, although he wasn't involved in the England Under Twenty One game last mm-hmm. night, he's expected to come back for their game against Croatia on right. uh, on Wednesday night. So yeah, yippee. Uh, not too much to sweat about on that one, but um, it has. Um, speaking of the England under twenty ones, I must say they've been they've been very badly managed uh, yeah. over the last over the last few years, really. Has Crawford got any idea what he's doing? Clueless. <laughs> no, you, you really wonder. You really wonder. But it, it's crazy. Like that that entire twenty one squad could easily be like a senior squad and perform decently, but. Yeah, they're not they're not able to win games at the twenty ones level, which is very strange. But um, it's it's a uh, it's nice to see Mark Gohi involved, um, I guess. But and he he played well by all accounts. Uh, it's 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 not it's not him who's to blame for England lacking any sort of attacking structure. Um, so just on on Gohi since he was our most notable um, involved player in the twenty ones. Um, his contract's out in a couple of years. So, two, isn't it? Because uh, we on the when we were um, our fellow or former guest Ms. Raman's uh, yeah. YouTube channel the other day, uh, I think yeah. we were saying two years, wasn't it? I think you said that actually. Yeah, yeah. Co- co- couple of mm. years, couple of years. So mm. um, he's worrying. Yeah, that that is worrying because you can't you can't really let any of your prospects. Have their contract run to, um, you know, the, the last year basically. So, if if you consider the last year of a contract, um, well, basically out of territory, then some something there needs to be a decision this summer. So um, definitely, yeah. Well, he's not the only one, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's there not are the only quite a few, yeah. He's not. He's not. But it's. Um, I mean, as I will talk about in. Uh, the loan roundup that we have. He's been definitely, if I had to name the top five centre-backs in the Championship this season, he'd probably be up there. And that's and that's not even like top 20, top five under 23 centre-backs. It's just there outright. And it's very it's very rare for um, that to happen, really. You, you look at someone like Joe Roden, who stepped up to Tottenham after being an impressive young centre-back in the Championship with Swansea and playing games mm-hmm. for Tottenham. And Mark Gohe has arguably surpassed Joe Roden's rep level in in a less duration of time so um i think that marco he's going to end up in the premier league or an equivalent level 
in the top five mm. leagues uh, easily next summer. I think it's a guarantee at this point. So I hope uh, I hope Chelsea do the right thing with him and extend and uh, hopefully play him. So definitely, yeah. I mean, um, well, we do. We are sport for choices, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. And um, just um, remaining on the topic of the international break, Armando Braja uh, yeah. <laughs> started for Albania against That's, England. I was. I mean, forgive me. I, I'm not that up to date with all the you know other nations i don't watch that much international football but i was quite surprised and it's great to see for amanda broja i mean Albania isn't by all means you know the best side in the world but still you know playing for your country great achievement for him congrats yeah yeah 100 percent. he's actually been playing i mean he's played a few games for the albanian senior side already and to play against England and a couple of his Chelsea teammates was obviously great. He didn't really have the opportunity to do much as England were mm. comfortable enough in that game. But I think it's it's very good that he started. He's um, again we will talk about him more later. But it's um, he's just just a player who's had a very 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 rapid rise and. Just to kind of round off the international break section, it's uh, not a direct Chelsea, not a direct Chelsea affiliation anymore. But Cobham, as an academy, has produced um, a large number of a large number of um, full internationals in recent times, as as uh, Chelsea youth on Twitter has been talking about recently, and they just gained another full international. Um, in the week gone by with Casey Palmer making his full debut for Jamaica, which I oh, thought was quite cool. Yeah, I thought that was quite cool because Casey has obviously played for um, the England youth sides before, or so I think. And Jamaica, what, what they've done is basically they've, they've got a bunch of, um, you know, championship to League One players to mm. get Jamaican citizenship and play for them in, in the hopes of reaching the World Cup, which is good. Which is what they should be doing now, really. Um, so it was a it was a very interesting, interesting new look Jamaican side with a lot of cha- mm. a lot of championship players in it, including Casey Palmer, and he had a pretty good game by all accounts. Um, one of the one of the best players against uh, the United States of America. So um, good for him, former former blue. Mm, so. Very nice, yeah. I mean, I I don't think we can quite end the international section yet because we oh, do have to talk about Germany. Oh, of course. That's kind of small German faction at Chelsea. (laughs) It is, of course, no doubt about that. But it's probably the most successful. It's been the most successful over the this period because, of course, it's great to see. Ah, for me personally, I don't. I'm not, by all means, a a Germany supporter. (laughs) But um, you know, it's great to see that. The uh, the duo, or no, actually, it's a trio, has been doing well. All in all, Antonio Rudig has been doing well. So this isn't just Tuchel. He's generally improved, which is good to see, you know, for Chelsea. And, um, well, Kai Havertz has continued with his, his, you know, improvement in form, which is nice to see as well. And, yeah, uh, not... Sure, team of Werner, you know, 
did too much, but then again, he wasn't playing. It, it was it was a generally a very successful international break, and that included the German faction. What or what? Of, what would you say? Well, he, the thing is with that Germany setup, that uh, that front three, it's very, 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 very interchanging. You know, with Serge Gnabry, um, for one, they, they, they were constantly changing sides with one another, interchanging. But generally speaking, I would say that Kai Havertz actually did the same as he did for Chelsea. You know, Germany, we're going to be completely honest, they, they don't really have this out-and-out strike at the moment. I mean, we can say Timo Werner, but then again, you know, he's not necessarily being the form of his life recently, even though he has had some great contributions. So they're doing the same as Thomas Tuchel, basically, by using Kai Havertz, always, with him always drifting to the centre. At least that's how I saw it. And he scored a great goal um, in their first game. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was against, but it was a great game for him. Great to see. And yeah. It's it's sure should contribute uh continue that way because he also had some great words to say uh during the international break in an interview. You can of course read that at We Ain't Got No History. And yeah. We can only hope that he'll take that form into the game on Saturday, provided of course he get plays, but be confident about that. Um, maybe a bit worrying to see that Timo Werner didn't play too much, but I can't really fault Yogi Love for not playing him on the start because he hasn't really been doing too well. Goal, goal wise, of course. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'd say. I mean, are there any others on an international level? I mean, Kurt Zuma's. Uh, played for France again for the first time since quite a while, I'd say. That was good as well. Yeah, sure. That's pretty cool. Especially with France having the centre-back depth. Mm. I mean, we can criticise Didier Deschamps for being a bit of a prat. Always <laughs> always complaining about, you know, Angola Kante with the playing and blah, 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 blah. And now he's injured completely unnecessarily. And now he talks about resting once he has been injured. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, not my favorite, most, you know, not my most favorite former player, but well, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, I think now, now I think we've wrapped it up. And yeah. I think now we can actually, we already have said quite a bit about loaned out players. Um, Maybe our most successful this year, one could say arguably, is Mark Goey. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll hand it over to you because you're the lone expert. Okay. And tell us. Well, uh, do you, would you like this to be the start of the official loan roundup section then? Whatever you want, mate. Yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say the official section, though. Okay, sure. Uh, well, Margot has obviously been, um, he's definitely been the best player on loan that Chelsea have this season. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of got it, got it all, really. So he's not, he's not the tallest centre-back, I wouldn't say. But, but 
that, that doesn't stop him from being decent in the air, to be honest. It's probably probably um, one game of one area of his game that he could improve on, nevertheless. But it's it's always good to see a player physically equipping themselves to make up for natural physical constraints. So I that there's no reason why Marco he wouldn't wouldn't be suited to the Premier League even at even at just a height of 1.82 meters, especially if it's a back three. I think he suits Chelsea very well, really, um, especially on the left side because he. He's right-footed, but then he can easily play on the left side, as he has done for Swansea. So, yeah, t- turn a pace, um, incredibly good range of passing. He's just kind of tailor-made, really. So I think uh, it's it's potentially a bit of a toss-up between him and Fikayo Tomori, who, again, is out, out on loan. And Fikayo Tomori has been doing very well on loan as well. He's, he's getting more games than I expected, to be honest. And I think AC Milan are more invested in him than I thought, to be honest. And recently, the noises that have come out of AC Milan are that, oh, well, the, the price, the, the pre-agreed fee is kind of high, but we do want to pay it, but then it's high, and they're just kind of dallying around that. But, they like to um, do that, yeah. Yeah, they like to <laughs> Same do that. Same with Bakayoko. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Exactly, yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just thinking about that. And, but it does, it does kind of seem like it's tending towards a direction where they do want to, they do want to permanently acquire him because... I did read an article on um, Gazette Adela Sport. I'm not, I'm not sure how reliable they are these days. But anyway, um, they were talking about how AC Milan were going to have some money to spend in the summer, about $100 million or so. And mm. it, they, they had made it their priority for Fikayo Tomori to sign permanently there. So, And I, I, I feel like Tomori would want to go as well, unless he's really guaranteed minutes at Chelsea. Mm. Because, uh, it's, um, I, think, I think the lure of playing... On, for such a prestigious club, which has a pretty ambitious rec- reclamation project going on, and you know, overseen by someone like Maldini, is uh, always going to be very attractive. So, yeah, uh, there's that. So, <laughs> I think Tomori and Gohi have been standouts uh, on loan when it comes to centre backs. Um, on the other hand, there's Jake Clarksalter, who was well, he he was he was named. He, he always played alongside Tomori, you know, for for the English the English youth side, especially the under-20 side that won the World Cup, I think. Um, he has had his season completely derailed, on the other hand. Birmingham City, he's been at Birmingham City on loan, and they've been a, a team in utter chaos, utter turmoil, no plan, direction, nothing's going on at that club. Uh, they are fighting relegation. They sacked the manager, Raito Karanka. They've hired Lee Boyer. There's, there's no place for Clark Salter in the side at the moment, so that's that's just terrible okay. all around. Um and then there's, there's Trevor Charaba, who is actually one of the under-radar, under-the-radar shouts for most impressive Loney. Because really? He's, okay. Yeah, yeah, because he's, um, he's been playing for Lorient in Ligue 1. Ligue 1, sorry. Um, and they have, they have been fighting relegation, to be fair, because they came up from Ligue 2 in the summer. But they have managed to put together a decent run of form in recent times. Um, the, there, was a, there was a free kick that one mm. of the players scored that was all over Twitter. But Trevor Shalaba played that game, and he's been playing a good number of their games, to be, to be fair, in recent times. And they are currently in 17th place, just outside the relegation fight. And um, on the current swing of things, with eight games to go, it just seems like they might survive. And if Trevor Shalaba continues to play enough games... Then he's basically established himself as a 
pretty good league on level prospect. So that I feel like that just opens up a lot of doors for him, whether that's the Premier League side like Crystal Palace wanting him permanently or a promoted side from the championship or a higher level league league on side. So I think for for an academy player to go and establish himself in a, in a top five league in 2021 is quite impressive. So uh, I'd say I'd say Shaloba should be getting a lot more products than he does at the moment. So that's definitely very good. Um, then there is Nathan Baxter over at Accrington Stanley. Nathan Baxter, arguably our best goalkeeping prospect at this moment in time. He had been flying at Accrington Stanley, kept a lot of clean sheets, saved a couple of penalties, even managed a couple of assists, as weird as that sounds. And Accrington Stanley aren't a route one side, so, you know, to get an assist for a side that likes to play ball is pretty good. Um, but the thing is, Nathan Baxter has had a shoulder injury, and that unfortunately required him to have surgery and will force him to miss the rest of the season. So it's very unfortunate, as even statistically, he was one of the best keepers, basically the best keeper in League, league One. Um, and it was his first set of appearances at this level, so that, that was very impressive. But unfortunately, injury has derailed him for the second season in a row. But I am still quite optimistic about where Nathan Baxter ends up long-term. I think he, he has a Premier League ceiling, but it's dependent on him being fit. Um, in the same breath, while, while we're talking about goalkeepers, there's also Jamie Cumming, who has been keeping a lot of clean sheets for Stevenage in League Two. So Stevenage were basically, uh, you know, one of those sides that are expected to be in and around the relegation battle in League Two. But they, and they were there for a good amount of the season, but now they've slowly climbed up the table and they find themselves mid-table. And they have the second best defense in League Two. And that is some achievement to speak of. And a lot of that is also due to the fact that they have Jamie coming in goal. He's been very, very impressive, uh, despite having a couple of minor setbacks in between, you know, in, in the form of errors. So while you talk about Nathan Baxter being our biggest goalkeeping prospect at the moment, Jamie Cumming is not far behind at all. Um, you'd 100% expect him to be where Baxter is this season in 21-22. Uh, and he's younger as well. So expect big things there, is what I'm saying. And then there's Armando Broja, as we talked about earlier. He has um, he's, not, he's not had the best run of form recently for Vitesse. I think uh, Broja is basically undergoing the kind of hurdles that any young player out on loan would do. Because he started off well, he scored a lot of goals, but he has this tendency where he, he could go missing in games. His attitude kind of takes a hit. I mean, attitude in terms of um, mentality, the way that reflects on his involvement in things, in games. Uh, it, it has tended to drop a little towards the latter half of games when he's not been able to establish himself. And... I think that's normal for a young player who had barely played any Premier League 2 football. It's worth mentioning. Uh, who is very young. He's not even hit 20 yeah. years of age yet. And he has still scored a goal every 153 minutes in the Eredivisie. It's still very, very impressive. Nine goals and two assists in 1,300 minutes. That's excellent for a young player by, by any sort of standard. His last goal was um, about a month ago, end of February. He's only played three games since, to be fair. Um, but he did also score in the semi-final of the Dutch Cup 
against PVV Venlo and Vitesse are now in the finals of the KNVB Becker. And well, nice the, the, the eagle-eared listeners will um, remember that Lewis Baker played a huge role the last time Vitesse won the KNVB Becker and that was their first major trophy ever. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Armando Broja will also have the chance to stamp um, his name into Vitesse folklore with some positive contributions in their final as well. And apart from these guys, you've just only really got Conor Gallagher and Ethan Ampadu, who have continued to play for two struggling sides in the Premier League, really, in Sheffield United and West Bromwich Albion. They've both been playing, which is... Uh, about as much as I can say for either of them, because it's it's hard to look good in teams that are not playing well, especially in relegation threatened sides in the Premier League. But I think the fact that they are being counted upon, and this may be this may be more so in the case of Gallagher at West Brom, given well, given they have Sam Allardyce as manager and they're still kind of hoping to survive. And they've That's got never they, gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's never gonna happen. But, but still, he he's got he's got a serious reputation on the line, you know. Never been relegated and stuff. But mm. uh, the fact that he's still being trusted to play in midfield, despite the fact that they have other midfield options, they even signed Ainsley Maitland Niles on loan from Arsenal in in January. They signed another midfielder named Ok Yokuslu uh, from Trabzonspor. So, despite that. Connor has still been playing um, pretty much every game. So I think that's that's very impressive in its own right. And I think Caligo will continue to play Premier League football next season, whether that's at Chelsea or not. And uh, as believe in Ampad, really, despite the fact that it's very, very hard to judge uh, how well he's playing at Sheffield United at the moment. And yeah. that, I suppose, will bring us to the end of the loan roundup for this <laughs> Uh, but there is one more guy, Ram. Is it? Should... Yeah, Malang Star. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know he doesn't fit your profile, but... <laughs> Malang Star. Yeah. Yeah, Malang Star. He is. Yeah, I guess he's worth talking about because Chelsea are actually playing FC Porto. And that kind mm. of... Um, I guess that will tie into something that we'll talk about later, later on in this podcast, but... Uh, I think you have to ask the question, how well is Malangsar actually doing? Because um, hmm, yeah, he's, actually hardly, so. he's actually hardly played any games at Porto. Uh, Only in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't actually start against Juventus, so yeah. Yeah, so he's basically played, he's, he's played a decent amount of the group stage games. Like, he played, um, he got about four starts. And then mm. the rest of them were sub-appearances. Uh, there were a couple of sub-appearances against Olympiacos. And he obviously came on against Juventus. And it was, I mean, I will give him credit for being on the pitch and contributing to an upset. Of... It was actually pretty good, I thought, when it was the good. time he did come on, yeah. Yeah, it was good. He co- contributed to an upset of, um, of, of a sizable proportion. Uh, against Juventus, but then uh, I I don't know why he hasn't really been playing in the league. To be honest, he, I, maybe he's been injured or 
something else, but he he's only played eight games in the Liga NOS, and like five of those have been starts, or or maybe six. So uh, it's 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 a little curious. I, I won't I won't lie, but he he is getting minutes one way or the other. It's just it's just I don't know if a bunch of Champions League games is enough to really propel him into the reckoning to play at Chelsea, given it took Andreas Christensen two complete Bundesliga and Champions League and Europa League seasons. So uh, I'm just I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, obviously, credit where credit's due. He, he was being good in the Champions League. But, yeah, and, and, I, and I look forward to seeing how he plays against us, to be honest, if he does play, which I feel like he might not. But... Well, yeah, he he will certainly be buzzing to play against us. You'd expect he will be, yeah. he will be. yeah. But mm. if if he does play, I'll be curious. But then I, I personally, I'm not not very invested in um, Malazza. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I just listen. You can you can chide me later if I if I'm proved to be wrong. But I don't see any other outcome to Malazza being sold for a profit one or two years later without playing game for Chelsea. So yeah. Uh, that's the end of it all. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it probably makes sense. Anyway, with that being said, before we move on to the next segment, we'll just take a quick break. Welcome back to We Ain't Got No Podcast. And as I was alluding to earlier while talking about one Malang Sar, Chelsea received a nice, well, a favorable draw, uh, comparably, relatively, you know, it's, it's all about relatives, because every team is obviously done good things to reach the quarterfinal stage of the Champions League. So Chelsea have drawn FC Porto of Portugal. Instead of uh, doing the annual Bayern Munich slash Barcelona draw that we seem <laughs> to get every single time we progress out of the group stage, and our Atletico Madrid, to be, to be fair, um, I, I, just wanted a, I just wanted a different opposition, Jimmy. I don't know about you, but I just... Give me, give me anyone. Give me Real Madrid. Give me Borussia Dortmund. Just don't give me Atletico. I mean, we beat Atletico. So don't give me PSG, Barcelona, um, Bayern Munich. So I am happy that we got Porto. Well, yeah. yeah. One might say, one might say that they're the easiest team that Chelsea could have drawn as well. So I that's mean, they good. Have yeah, be, yeah, yeah. They have to be. I'm just trying to be nice. But they have. They beat a pretty out of sorts Juventus side to reach the quarterfinals. Um, very much, yeah. In fairness to them, but Juventus are also very out of sorts this season. And Andrea Pirlo is their manager. So, FC FC Porto, Jimmy, what are we what are we thinking? I mean, I, I'm I'm sure you like the draw, but what are we thinking? I mean, of course, you know, any any team that's in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, you have to take seriously. You have to be careful and. Uh, you know, anyone can beat anyone at this stage without doubt. But, of course, you know, if we're talking about what kind of draws we can get and what we would be happy with, I mean, it could have gone better. And But every every facet of this was good for us. From the uh, draw, of course, of our opponent, but then that we play first away. Not that it means too much this season. I, I of course, am aware of that. But, you know, it's still, and then also that we play against or we avoid Manchester City or um, Bayern Munich until the final, 
And then we also play our first game away in the semi-finals if we were to progress. So it's it's all quite dandy at the moment. Um, I must say is this is at most certainly our best chance, our best shot at progressing to a Champions League final for the yeah. first time since 2012. And you know that is something that we have to take seriously and. I, I'm 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 very happy, very very happy about that. It's a great feat to be able to say, you know, for Thomas Tuchel, who just coming, he was in the Champions League final last year. Now, you know, maybe he'll get to this Champions League semi-final at the very least. That'll be very very nice, and uh, you know, he'd be doing something that the for the you know the last time someone did that there was Mourinho. So that is. That is something which she can be very proud of already, you know, in just that itself. So, uh, yeah, no, great times. And it'll be interesting to see if Malang Star plays. Maybe that they say, oh, he has a point to prove he'll want to do well. I don't know. Difficult. But what we can be sure about is that um, they will probably play just as they did against. Juventus, I'd expect, you know, be also aggressive, not, you know, have not have too much respect against us. So well, I just have to wait and see. And I just hope that until then, that our injury list doesn't get too long. You know, with the we still have one game of the international breaks to go. Yeah, it would be an awful shame if we'd lose another player to it. Let's hope not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to wait and see about that. But generally speaking, yeah, uh, this, this, this is definitely our. But you know, in short, this is our best draw, and I it think is, that's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. So we'll. I mean, who can't be excited about that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, Porto, Porto aren't exactly running away with the league in Portugal either. It's it's Sporting that mm. are actually running away with the league. That they have like a ten point lead on everyone else. At this stage mm. of the competition, and then it's it's Porto and Benfica and Braga, all in all in quick succession. And Lucas Piazza on place for Braga, just by the way. Um, so it's it's obviously it's a good draw for us. Hopefully we can win. And listen, I I just think it's good to be back in the quarterfinals. It's just we haven't been at this level of the competition for a long time. And exactly. Yeah, it's kind of feels like head in the clouds. Uh, and Jimmy, it's it's been nine years since we won the Champions League. It's crazy. It's <laughs> just it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's insane. But it also feels like we just haven't done well in the competition since then. So uh, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, with the exception of that 2014 season where yeah, yeah. we did get to the semi-final against a very good Atletico side, we. Yeah, uh, had to bow out. But you know, if you, of course, if you're in the semi-final, you want to win the, you want to win that uh, yeah. competition. It's, it goes without saying. But let's be honest. You know, we it's not been the easiest season for us. It wasn't the easiest season for last year. Ever since era, well, basically everything with the yeah. uh, with the transfer ban, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. It's it's not been easy. So anything that we can get out of it is just fantastic, if you ask me. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, I think that pretty much concludes our Champions League draw talk. I mean, we can also talk about you know we if we do beat Porto, uh, we can talk about you know oh. Real and uh, Liverpool both haven't been playing well, but I think we should cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to, you know, become victim to our own hubris there. So yeah, yeah, but it's it's generally just fantastic. So continue with the next segment, that which will also be our last one, which is our game at the weekend when we finally get back to actual football. Yeah, form of of Chelsea taking on West Brom. Uh, we have already addressed West Brom briefly before when we were talking about Conor Gallagher. They did get rid of Slavin Bilic, who was a huge admirer of Conor Gallagher, who, of course, will be ineligible uh, at the weekend. That's always yep. a good thing for Chelsea. And, uh, yeah. What do you make of this very... Um, and Sam Allardyce side because it's still not doing the job. It seems <laughs> as if his his juju has left him. One can say since that well scandal, scandalous behaviour, scandalous interview yeah. while in him being the England manager. Though incidentally, he's actually England's most successful manager <laughs> of all times. You know, win yeah, wise well. That, that's when that we, that's when we need to have a voice. talk about sample size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you make of our chances at the weekend? I mean, we're at home. Yeah. We should have enough people to choose from. You know, enough players. Yeah. What, how? What are our chances? Our chances. Our chances are very good. I think um, they're just they're just gonna go with. They're gonna go with their. Um, I think they're playing like a four-three-three. Four one four one kind of thing these days, but it's uh st- stylistically they don't look very different to well some Allardyce sides of the past. So you know what to expect, and I think we have well maybe maybe you'd say that earlier teams like these were kind of our kryptonite because we wouldn't be able to break them down, and of course Sam Allardyce himself is famously out tactic uh, Jose Mourinho <laughs> by playing 19th century football uh, in in days gone by but i think that was that, quite the interview <laughs> oh it was lovely i watched it recently again just for no reason but yeah um i think Tuchel seems to have kind of solved how to play against these sides so and because he faced a lot of them in his initial few games i think so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised really if you saw something like a something like a Hudson Adoy playing wing back with Aspeliqueta or James playing behind him or something like that, you know. Because against teams that come to defend, he's um he, he knows how to set up. So I think it's gonna be pretty comfortable. I think we're gonna win. And I think a theme with Tuchel's Chelsea is getting the job done and even being dominant, but just not very enjoyable to watch. Well, not not for me anyway. But I'm not complaining. See, we're, we're winning, so I'm not complaining. But so in in the in 
the same vein really i don't think it's going to be a very entertaining game of football for sure so mm. i'll just uh, it's, and it's hopefully uh hopefully it's not going to be because our last game against west brom was quite entertaining for all the wrong reasons so i think it's going to yeah. be a very boring bland chelsea win as probably going to be like 1-0 to be honest <laughs> we're going to we're going to do an allardyce allardyce but we're going to make it painful and you know filled with lots of ball possession slow painful deaths do you think that's how it's going to go as well well i mean the thing is about this over the years it's kind of we we've involved the knack of um giving chances that you know you'd expect not to have any chance against us a chance revitalizing them arsenal being one of those you know mid table teams that we did so earlier this season um but since thomas tuchel's coming i mean i have been a bit more positive i'd say so you know anything less than uh, like a 3-0 win would be you know below expectations because west brom are just that bad i know that sheffield united are actually below them in the table but i just think that sheffield's better than west brom i know the points don't lie but i just really do not have a very high opinion of this west brom team none at all and i i don't think sam allardyce is a good manager the tactics he did employ to stay up you know in the past they don't I mean, work the job as they done. Job done. yeah well when did he get the job done last you know okay. this has been a few years and he did work and he he did you know gather that reputation of being a guy that gets the job done basically for um what's my call it for for relegation fodder normally but sure. you know this isn't this isn't the same league it was a few years ago it's covid and this west west ham team uh west ham sorry this west brom team just seems so 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 bad you know completely dysfunctional and uh-huh. i don't know I, I just can't see them winning against chelsea at all which is nice yeah it means that we will be able to comfortably win in theory on paper but if there's anything that the premier league has taught us this year then anyone can beat anyone so we'll just have yeah. to wait and see yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but do, do you think it's going to be like a 1-0 as well because i feel very strongly about 1-0 to be honest well that's become our thing nowadays hasn't it you know we win 1-0 or some close score which is okay it's very reminiscent of the old days just not the same way of playing hello Mourinho. so yeah I, i mean i think it also is a great that recently thomas tuchel has been rotating we have been well seeing players play with oh god you know he's made quite a few changes this will completely annihilate our team uh cohesion and no it hasn't you know we can I, i'm not the biggest supporter of kurt zuma in the middle of the back three but you know it has worked and 
I mean, Thiago Silva's back. That that's maybe something that we we can still um, address because Thiago Silva's back. Um, Tammy Abraham should be back as well. Who do we play at centre back now, Ram? I mean, Christensen has done everything right. He's done nothing to justify being dropped now. Yeah. What what happens? You know, Thiago Silva back. You, I mean, you have to play Thiago Silva. That's 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 another thing, isn't it? Because Thiago Silva is just that good, and you need that leadership. Something that we have been lacking sorely more often than not. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be tough. I think maybe Thiago Silva might not uh, might not keep starting every game as long as Christensen keeps playing that well. Obviously, I think he'll come back into the side, but then maybe it won't be as dead ringer for him to start every single time. Yeah. Uh, given Christensen has been playing so well, because that's not really fair, is it? So, um, yeah, I think I think since Tuchel is all about all about that damage limitation uh, in this season, anyway, it's just yeah, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be that way. I think they they might they might rotate because Thiago needs to be managed as well. Let's not forget he does, yeah. Especially if he's going to be signing on for next season, got to manage his minutes beginning now. So. I think, yeah, I don't think it'll be much of a problem. I think Tuchel has uh, 100% got the got the squad management side of things down. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be relatively smooth sailing. But, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all that we have to say on this episode of Being Got No Podcast. We have, um, for, 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 um, for not having... An immediate game, well, a game that just gone by to talk about. I think we've done okay, Jimmy, in terms of content. Um, but hopefully next week, at this time, if not earlier, we will be recording again after Chelsea play West Brom and hopefully beat West Brom. And with a member of the community, <laughs> exactly, exactly, with with, um, with a member of the community as well. So hopefully uh, we have. Um, podcasts like in the old days for everyone to look forward to if people listen to this still which i hope they do i think they do so um thank well if if, if you reach this part of the podcast thank you for sticking through and (laughs) (laughs) from um from jimmy and myself signing off and uh, keep the blue flag flying high see you next time bye-bye